0: Welcome back to A Degree in Sports, your home for college football and college basketball. My name's Cole, and I'm here alongside my great mate, Jeff Tate. Jeff, we learned a lot about the landscape of college football yesterday, uh, and I think we're starting to get a pretty clear picture of who we're going to be seeing here at the end of the playoff. What do you think?
1: We sure did, and I'll just I'll get to it. Huge win for your Wolverines. We're going to dive into this game, but a massive win. It was the, uh, the win they needed, and... Wasn't too surprised about it, but it was a great win, and we'll uh, we'll get into the analysis on that, but you're right, like, a lot of teams um, that we've seen in the playoff rankings that maybe we thought were kind of pretenders, well, some of the big top 10 teams, well, not big top 10 teams, I just look at Ole Miss and Penn State, kind of show that they are not top 10 teams in the country. Now, the interesting thing is some of our top teams that I would view more as, like, fringe top five teams, like, I just don't know exactly what you're going to get from them when you get to like a playoff-type game. A, because they haven't been there in a long time, but B, just because of how their results have been recently. I'm looking at you, Washington and Florida State. A lot of shaky games recently. It was a big win for Washington. We'll get to that later. But, yeah, Cole, I agree. You kind of start to see some of the landscape. Uh, I think you know a few of the champ- conference championship games, I believe. I know the SEC's. 100% set in stone now, Georgia, Alabama. I think I was looking pretty much it's going to be Washington, Oregon in the Pac-12. I know there's, uh, they have to, I think if Oregon wins their last game, I think that automatically, if I'm right, puts them in the Pac-12 championship and then just saying Washington's going to win. So, yeah, Cole, you're right. A lot of uh, our storylines for kind of the playoff teams and how they've looked, Kind of took fruition, especially with Michigan winning dominantly. So, yeah, great day of college football. And I watched all the way till 1.30 on the East Coast and needed Oregon to win by two touchdowns, and they didn't. So it was a tough way to end, but it was a good day. Good day on the A-plus picks of the week. So... Good day at Kyle's football call.
0: Yeah, it was, it was a great day. I'm um, now two hours behind uh, behind you, so I was I was watching till 11.30, which is not one thirty. It's not as bad, but uh, still, still a late night, but not a night I'd want to spend any other way. A-plus picks. I went two and three. Um, I will say, I bet that Texas under. I put that in my A-plus picks when I thought there was no chance Quinn Ewers was going to play. That was a very surprising development to me. I thought it was going to be Malik Murphy for sure. Um so I'd like a little asterisk on on that loss there because um, I feel like back to back weeks that's happened to me. Uh, just I need to stop betting on teams with injuries, honestly, um, because they, they just I got bit for that one. So I reserve the right to um, just say, hey, that one didn't count. So <laughs> well,
1: shoot, Texas, Texas tried to uh, give you the under in that second half because yeah. they didn't even score in this. Are they just barely? They got one. Uh, what was that twenty six to six at half, and then. They wanted to go under, but TCU had other plans. So that's that's fun. You, yeah, your picks. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. If we don't have Quinn Ewers, it, like I think that's a lock
0: in the under because they're already close. I think the under is a lock with Malik Murphy. Yeah, no,
1: I agree. You're totally right. It's hard. That's the one very hard thing about picking lines on Wednesday night. But some of the that's what some of the pro bettors have to do, and it, they, yeah, it sucks when that happens. But I, your picks weren't bad at all. I I should have been. I should have been four and one. The Oklahoma state was a bad read. We'll get to that when we do big 12, but no Cole, it was, it was good. Just kind of, it was a great weekend of college football. want to give a little heads up at the end of this episode, Cole and I will be talking about uh, a little college hoops. We have a really good week of college hoops, but uh, we're going to start it off as we always do going through the, uh, the major conferences and talking game by game. So Cole, ACC, uh we had a game thursday night you want to talk about that real quick yeah for sure uh before we get into these conferences i just want to say really quick
0: i am fully excited and over the moon about that michigan win i'm just waiting because i know i will be taking up more time than usual on a michigan game once we get there so trust me i'm pumped about it but i'm gonna get into it so just wait wait a little bit all right, so first game Thursday night. It was really, really a good game. Uh, this was this was tied late, late in the game. Uh, actually, Virginia was winning in the fourth quarter, um, and there was just some some turnovers, a lot of turnovers in this game, which is typically a recipe for upsets. Um, Paris Jones um, on a crazy, wild touchdown play um, takes a brutal hit. Goes down. The, the game was stopped for quite a long time. Uh, he had no movement in any of extremities. He was just... Uh, it, was, it was a scare of... Uh, that he was paralyzed... Um, from the neck down is what it seemed like. Uh, and obviously, the tw- first 24 hours is very important that you learn in that. And he was taken to the hospital right away. Um, but all good news that I'm hearing right now is he, he's moving all everything. He, he's gotten up and he's, he was actually able to walk in the hospital. So uh, great for Virginia, especially a team that's really dealt with um, just a lot of just. Sad life stories uh, with with different athletes they've had with their football program. So I'm happy that we got some good news out of uh, that scary situation. But uh, on the football side, this is a very entertaining game, very fun game. Louisville survives the scare, and Virginia's been scaring a lot of these top teams in the ACC this year. Um, and you know, it's a weird Thursday night game. But um, I mean, if you're if you're a team, especially Louisville's caliber, where they have a not a great schedule this year, and that's a big. They are a good team, but that's also a big reason they are where they are right now um you have to just be able to survive scares like this if you're um this kind of team that they are this year no one I don't think anyone believes that they're a contending team but they are a good team and you have to be able to survive games like this if you're going to be able to play an ACC championship um so huge start for Jeff Brown they're in the driver's seat to, to play Florida State and yeah it was, it was just a fun game
1: yeah I've uh, cashed the over finally that was a nice one to hit because that was their easiest game remaining and I was like a little concerned but Virginia's one and four in one score games this year, and they are they are a pesky team. Like they compete and compete, um, and like Colsa, they I mean they've had to go through more than any college football program has gone in the last year with the shooting that happened last year, uh, the young man who got hurt to or in, on Thursday, and just speaks to the staff they have on that team to get those guys ready because that's not an easy thing to do. But yeah, it was a, it was a win that Louisville had to have, and I believe. Uh, that is the one. Well, no, I think they still are not mathematically locked for the championship, but they basically, most people are going to think, are going to get in there. So, yeah, big win for Louisville and kind of crazy storyline continues for Louisville. Yeah, not
0: locked, but definitely in the driver's seat. And it would be, they're at the point where it would be a shock if they weren't the team in there. Um, but North Carolina is still knocking on the door um, for sure and, and trying to find a way to survive. Um, next game up. Miami at Florida state. This was a great game. Uh, this was honestly, a lot of the game was spent tied. Um, no one ever had a crazy lead here and honestly, Florida state wins this game 27 20 and Miami gets a little screwed on that safety call. I think Jordan Travis, you watch every replay I saw, I think it was clearly a safety. Uh, I think it was absolutely a safety. That's, that's a big swing. That's two points. And you get the ball back. Um, I think that that would that would have been a game changer. I don't know if I know who's to say what would have happened from there, um, but I think that's definitely a huge game changing play. And I mean, I don't know what the replay officials saw. I mean, this was reviewed and they still ruled it not a safety. Which I mean, the, the, the ACC are they just desperate to have a team in the playoff? Like it just that was that to me seemed so egregious that I was like, what is going on here? That was a safety um Miami gets a little screwed there they put up a really good fight and that's kind of what you have to do with if you're trying to build a program like Mario Cristobal is doing is continue to put up fights against the good teams and um you're still going to trip up as you are getting your guys in um and developing a program that was down in the depths but it was just a very typical Miami Mario Cristobal trying to build a program game and um yeah I think that's a good program game for Miami, but. Uh, no moral victories here. Uh, huge for Florida State to move on and, and continue unblemished. Because, um, I mean, they need it. With with the way college football is right now, with Texas there, um, Washington undefeated, or if it's Oregon, uh, they need that undefeated record um, to release any doubt of them being a playoff team.
1: Yeah, I think Florida State's going to be in the playoff. I I don't see them losing. Their, they're definitely not going to lose. I don't think they lose to Florida, and then they have a – they have one of their the lovely SEC games against North Alabama next week, so I don't see Florida State losing, and then I don't think the team that gets them in the conference championship loses. So I think you see, I think you see Florida State in the playoff call. It's my first. I think I be I'm the most confident saying Florida State's making the playoff out of any team right now, just because of schedule, not because they're not because they're one of the best top teams, but just because of the schedule. Yeah,
0: I definitely feel good about it. However. They do have to play Florida, um, and that Florida's a weird team. Florida, Florida can. It's a rivalry game. Anything can happen. If, you, if, if they lose that game and, let's say, Texas wins out, Texas, I think, we look put up the resumes, Texas' win at Alabama is so huge for them. That's going to boost them in a lot of situations, and their loss is not as bad, and their win is better. Um, I think if, if Florida State loses a game and Texas wins out, I think Texas wins that argument if it comes down to that. Um, same with Oregon. If it comes down to that with, if they went out and their one losses at a top five team in the country, that's, I, I think, I, I think it's very important for Florida state to win out. I know they have an easier schedule going forward, but still a rivalry game against Florida and they're, they're Florida's a weird team that sometimes they get up and sometimes they don't. So it's, I wouldn't say it's a full lock in, in my opinion yet, but I think they are in the best position out of those uh, teams that I just named next up. Uh, the game that was drunk yesterday where it seemed as if no team wanted to win Um, the greatest rivalry in all of college basketball Duke at North Carolina Um, North Carolina wins in double overtime 47 45 and yeah it really looked like no team wanted to win lots of weird turnovers and bad defense Um, and it was I mean Drake may is so so good. I it, it's crazy how good Drake May is. The the throws that he makes while he's under pressure, while he has a guy's draped on him, the he hits him right in the numbers in stride. And uh, the, if if North Carolina does not have Drake May, this is a four and eight team. I think uh, maybe maybe if they're lucky. Like there are Drake May is the ultimate equalizer. Um, he is so so good. And uh, yeah, no, it was it was a very fun game. And I mean, it was just, you never, no one wanted to win. And it was, you never knew who was going to win. And it was a very fun game to watch.
1: Yeah. Big win for North Carolina in a rivalry game. Kudos, though, to Duke because playing without Riley Leonard and it's just, he's kind of the heartbeat of that team. And not having him hurts a lot. So, yeah, crazy game. I'll I'll be honest. Didn't catch much of this game, but uh, kept North Carolina alive for maybe another week. Yeah.
0: It was was a very, very fun game to watch. Uh, I had that up. Uh, side by side with um, for a while the Georgia Ole Miss game and then into the USC Oregon game all right next um, Virginia Tech absolutely bodies Boston College 48-22 they're sneaky 4-2 in the ACC so obviously they're probably not going to make it as they don't have that tiebreaker with Louisville but um, go Hokies Georgia Tech Loses to Clemson, 21-42. Clemson was in control the whole time. I love those purple jerseys, and that's all I got to say about that game. Um, NC State pretty much handles um, Wake Forest the whole game. Uh, Wasn't really close ever. Um, Wake Forest was basically held the whole game until the fourth quarter where they got a, a little easy six points, so... Good job a- at NC State. There is 4-2 as well. And uh, there's teams that have uh, some tests uh, down the road against NC State. I think North Carolina still has to play them in the last game of the year. So not, that, that's not a gimme for anyone. And then lastly, uh, Pittsburgh uh, travels to Syracuse's to Syracuse. Uh, final score, 28-13. Syracuse wins. And finally, Syracuse uh, <laughs> r- rises from uh, the depths of despair that they have been in the last what five weeks and they started five and zero and now they're five and five and um yeah that was uh good for Syracuse they needed that and yeah that's that's the ACC and it's looking like Florida State and Louisville but um there's still room for a little bit of chaos down the stretch but that's that's what the smart money would be on for sure yeah
1: that conference is just it's rough and it's I mean they got Florida State which is good and Florida State's a very good football team but if they didn't have them uh, it would be, it would not be good. Now, speaking of a conference that doesn't just have one team, and to be honest, might well, it's definitely going to be a top three game at this point. Maybe uh, top two. I don't know what the pull, playoff committee is going to do, but Ohio State will start with them just because I'm going in the order of what ESPN has it as. Uh, Ohio State thirty-eight to three against Michigan State. Um, Marvin Harrison continues the Heisman campaign. Uh, Three touchdowns, Ohio State really made an emphasis to get him the ball. Defense did what they've done all year. Um, Just tough for Michigan State. I just want to say something about Harlan Barnett. Um, I hope he uh, gets a look as a coordinator on the new coaching staff or is um, able to stay with the program. I just think he's the type of guy that you want to – to be around he's done everything right i mean he's never take put blame on anybody he's always stepped up and said this is on me like i'm the coach i have to make the guys like i have to inspire them all this i just want to say that real quick because it's been a horrible year for michigan state if you go down the the list of it it's kind of funny a lot of their games against the big 10 west um they've been one score games uh to be honest they should have won at iowa um and they should have won at rutgers and it's a lot of that's a credit to the head coach that is allowed to uh, continue this year. And I just hope he's not going to be the head coach and nor do I think he should be. You need a complete culture change, but I think he's the right part of the culture that I hope they kind of give him a look. So Ohio state, they're going to be 11 and 0 playing Michigan. They play Minnesota at home next weekend. Minnesota looked like they were maybe a good team um, like four weeks ago and just have, not looked good recently. So I don't anticipate that being any, any, I just don't see that game being anything. So 11 to zero, And I think Michigan's going to be 11 to zero as well. So the game, you know, it's going to be big. Yeah.
0: I think, I think you're absolutely right. Michigan state needs to retain Harlan Barnett. Um, I think you, you really have to gut that staff fully. Um, but I think you keep Harlan Barnett, uh, whatever you got to do, try to keep him uh, as long as he wants to be there and let him, help be the bridge um, for the players that are already there and this the culture um, between the new staff and the new head coach uh, and the players who are already there. Um, just I think it will be a way more of a seamless transition and uh, Michigan State will be ahead of the curve in turning it around if he is retained. Um, yeah, he's, There's nothing to not like about that guy. He's done everything he could do. Uh, great culture guy and, and I absolutely agree with you. Uh, I was going to – I literally had on my A-plus picks, but I couldn't do it because I hate both these teams too, too much. Uh, Ohio State minus 31.5, and I'm like, I can't do it. I can't bet on this game. I can't bet on Ohio State. I just – I can't. I won't do it. Um, But, yeah, Ohio State covers. Uh, no surprise. Michigan State just was always overmatched here. Very similar to the Michigan game. Never had a chance. Um, And, yeah, I mean, no surprises here. Marvin Harrison obviously is very good. Um. He did what he was supposed to do against a bad team, but also, like, it's just Michigan State. Like, who cares? But he's, he's unreal. He's so good.
1: Yeah, and I'm hoping he gets an invite. I don't think he'll win the Heisman, but I'm hoping he gets an invite. So, Cole, without further ado, I'm going to lead you into it because I was impressed. I was very impressed. Michigan goes on the road 24-15, to 15, um, runs the football, just runs the football down Penn State's throat. Um, this was, this is the type of game why I say JJ McCarthy won't win a Heisman you, because it's a, it's a statistical award. And in a game like this, he throws it eight times, but he had some big time runs. Uh, I think I'm, if I remember right in the second quarter is third and 11, they just did a little QB power to the right. JJ can do that. And that's the element they have with JJ that they didn't have with, let's just say Kate McNamara, um, and any of the past quarterbacks, be honest. But uh yeah, this is a lot of there is a lot of hate against James Franklin in the last uh, I mean we're recording this at one o'clock on Sunday afternoon. In the last twenty four hours, I mean the James Franklin hate has intensified. Um I it's hard to be Michigan and Ohio State every year. I said this early in the week. Now, whoever the offensive coordinator is there, he's gotta be gone because they don't whatever they do is not right. And this has nothing to do with how bad they looked yesterday uh, because they're playing the one of the best, if not the best, defenses in the country. The offense looked terrible against Ohio State. In a way, this game was a lot like the Ohio State game. You're in that third quarter, um, really deep down, personally as a fan that was in the Ohio State game and then you as a Michigan fan, I don't think you really were like, we are going to lose this game just because you knew that offense can't do anything. And Penn State gets the late touchdown. It's the exact same thing that happens against Ohio State, and it looks like it was a uh, single digit game. Michigan dominated this game from the start, and it was a big win for Michigan. And uh, yeah, they that Ohio State Michigan game is. I just wish it was next week because their game next week both mean nothing to. I know both of us. So
0: good win, Cole. Yeah, Michigan and Ohio State can both lose their game next week and the game will still be for the for a playoff spot like it doesn't matter I mean, obviously we both hope they don't lose but because that would change the landscape but at the end of the day it's a playoff game when they play each other um yeah getting into this game the first thing is unbelievable game plan and coaching job i think in this game they, cause they, and they the adjustments they made quick and early um they started out trying to throw the ball um and they weren't that unsuccessful at it. They were six, of, JJ six of seven for sixty eight yards. Like, like he was, like they they were successful. But they quickly realized, like, what's Penn State best at? The pass rush. So they decided to just fully counter it and switch to which their run game hasn't been amazing this year. They haven't leaned on it. They've leaned on the pass game and JJ more. And they quickly said, all right, we're just going to stack the box. We're bringing. D tackles and at tight end to just get more meat in there and and bigger bodies and just go complete power sets. And it was, they just dominated that line of scrimmage and really took Penn State's defense out of what they're best at. And they quickly realized, like, we're going to get this lead and we're never going to throw the ball again because we don't have to. They're never going to score. We're going to make this game as short as possible. We're not going to, we're just going to run, run, run because. They're not gonna score. Let's just continue to not put the ball in the air, not stop the clock at all, just run, run, run. And I think that was a perfect, perfect game plan and adjustment they made because they, they knew like that whole game plan, like and not, JJ doesn't care. Like this game is why you're right, he won't win the Heisman. Um he was still very important with his legs. Um and he like he didn't make very good throws in the first quarter in the first half. Um, but they didn't throw the ball one time in the second half because that's how much faith they had in their defense and how much faith they have in their in their rush attack. They turned it on at the right moment and just completely bullied and out tuffed and out everything Penn State. Just completely broke their will. Like, imagine saying, "All right, we're just not going to pass the ball in the second half, and we're still never going to be in danger of winning." They they shortened that game, kept the clock running, and it was it was a very beautiful for me to watch a beautiful scheme plan adjustment great coaching job by sharon Moore to just really be disciplined in the run game and in his and the adjustments that he and i'm guessing has some input for the rest of the staff but it ultimately it came down to him there was a lot of pressure on him um with everything going on and yeah i'll get into that in a second um a switch over michigan just dominated obviously it was beautiful uh, like you said, never never as close as the scoreboard looked never I never felt in danger of losing this game. Um, james franklin uh, i he I don't give him hate for losing to Michigan, and Ohio State because Michigan and Ohio State are very tough teams to beat. The hate comes from his decision making that I think is atrocious at times. the um the in the first half going for two that early you didn't need to get it to a three-point game you didn't because you, you just get it to 10 you score a touchdown you're up by three like, you, there's no reason to get it through a three-point game there because it did cost them down the road because then they had to go for two later in the game when it was at 15 it, it just made no sense um for them to go for two it's it's like they were planning that that was the game that was the whole game to get to it within three points and, and it was in the f- First or second, that was in the second quarter. There was no reason at the end of the first half, no reason for them to do that. Um, But that one's arguable and whatever, move on. And then they do it again in the second half when uh, it is to 9-24 and they go for two again, which in my opinion, I think you you extend the game there. I think you kick the field goal, keep yourself within eight points so then you, you ideally can get it down to one play. But it never should have even been at 24 points for Michigan because that fourth down... Going forward on fourth and 10 in your own zone at like the 25 yard line was an absolutely disgusting, stupid decision by James Franklin. They, 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 stopped, they were stopping Michigan on every single drive. The defense was doing what the defense should have been doing in the second half for Penn State. They like play on a block punt or your special teams unit or maybe on a fumble there's no reason for you to go for it there because your defense continued to stop Michigan. Why would you feel the need at offense that isn't moving at all to go for it on fourth and 10 on your own 25 with f- like four minutes to go. That was to me, the dumbest decision of the day for James Franklin. And that's why he deserves a lot of the, the heat and hate that he's getting. Cause that was just stupid. That fourth and 10 call was absolutely stupid. Michigan scored in the very next play um, after they turned it over on downs in their own end. And, uh, and that was truly the game there. So yeah, that's. I think that's why James Franklin gets it. And, and the last thing I want to say about this game is um, the resilience that Michigan showed through all this drama. These they're college students still; they're still young guys who have to like. It's it's going to weigh on them. Um, and the way that staff was able to adjust in the biggest game that they've had so far this year, but also Schrone more. A lot of people are gonna gonna make memes about uh, the, his his post game interview and his, his tears. Which honestly, that's going to happen, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But it also makes sense why he was crying, um, and so emotional because think about the pressure that's bestowed on you, so last minute where if Mich- if we lose this game, like our perfect season's down the drain because of me. Like I have to weather this storm right now. He used- he had all the pressure on him out of nowhere, where it, like Harbaugh's gone, he was the man. Like he out of nowhere, he had to be the guy to steer the ship, and like he had to overcome the biggest game that they've had all year. Um, and I, and you know, that's, I think it was just like a relief. Like we got through it, we weathered the storm and like all that pent up emotion was just, I think released at that moment. Um, and like it was, it was a very emotional post game with Blake Corum, Sharon Moore, like you can tell what it means to them the way, like the Michigan, like whether you're, whatever side you're on of this thing, the way they've come together for me is something that has been awesome to see um, the way that team is so close and the staff and the whole university from the president down, which is very rare to see. Um, and it was, it was a very emotional victory. And, and one of the, uh, one of my favorite wins to be a part of as a fan.
1: Yeah. Nope. It was a, it was a huge win. And yeah, he got, he got emotional, which I'm not going to say anything about that because he deserves to be emotional winning a game like that. It's just some of the claims that the whole team's using is like, we didn't have hardball, We didn't have hardball, We didn't have hardball because of something that happened to his program. Rather, he Knows it or not. I don't know. Really, my opinion is I don't know if he knows. Um, but the, he's getting punished because the guy was part of his team. Now, how the Big Ten did that, I'm not a big fan of. Um, and we'll get to that on future episodes. But, yeah, Cole, massive win for you guys. And, uh, yeah, we both – we both both of our teams were expected to uh, have tough times against Penn State. And to be honest, it really wasn't from – at the end of the game, a tough game. So the rest of this Big Ten – I'm gonna go through it pretty quick just because of how the Big Ten is. Iowa, 22 nothing. Cole, you don't bet against Iowa at home. They're just they just suffocate you. It's just they're they they're so bad offensively and they just they're so good defensively. And yeah, 22 nothing Iowa. Um, next game I got Illinois Indiana. I watched this whole game. I bet on Illinois and oh my gosh, this game was nuts. 500 passing yards for this backup quarterback for Illinois. Um, really a big win for Illinois. They are five and five. I have their over six and a half. and to be honest, you never know. I mean they play Iowa, which I'm not a fan of that, but then they play Northwestern who actually also has looked a lot better. So maybe they can hit that. My guess is they probably do not. Maryland goes on the road. This was a battle of two teams attempting to get to a bowl game and Maryland won it on the road against Nebraska. Maryland's just fallen off since, obviously, their they're hot start to the year. Um, but this was a win they needed. They're going bowling. Uh, they're not going to have a fun week next week against Michigan. That's just, that's just how it is for Maryland. They maybe look good against other teams, but then they play the big boys, and it is not a pretty game. Uh, speaking of Minnesota earlier, how I said they were – Starting to play a lot better recently. Well, they go on the road and just get killed by uh, Purdue. Purdue dominates them. That was one of my A-plus picks of the week. Uh, I tried to get Cole to pick that one with me, um, but he said, ah, it seems too fishy, which to be honest, it was a fishy line. But Purdue takes care of business. And then Wisconsin, they've just fallen off the the face of the earth. I mean, they are, they've looked really bad of late. I mean, they lost three straight now, four of the last five, and losing at home to Nebraska a, or to Northwestern in a game that really from the start wasn't a game is not something you're probably looking for if you're a Wisconsin fan. So that was the rest of the Big Ten. The Big Ten was dominated, obviously, by the Michigan game, um, and then Ohio State taking care of business. Michigan, Ohio State, obviously, are the only chance this conference has of a playoff, but those are two pretty good teams if you want to take your shot with them. So yeah, it, it was a typical big 10 West day, Cole.
0: Yeah. We're living in a, in such a great time of as Ohio state and Michigan fans, where the game is always super close. Uh, the game is always two versus three. One it's going to be one versus two. Potentially it's always a top four matchup. So we're so lucky as Michigan and Ohio state fans to be able to always have the game at the end of the year be for something more than just the rivalry. It elevates it as it is now a playoff game um, as one needs to get through the other. And the fact that it's a top three matchup, we're we're so lucky that we get to be part of that for the rivalry. Um, And I'm so lucky that we just continue to absolutely dominate Ohio State.
1: Yep. Two years is continue, but okay. (laughs) Move us to the Big 12.
0: All right, Big 12, first game, Texas at TCU. And I mean... That we talked about a little bit earlier under was there and then it wasn't um, Texas just didn't seem like maybe they wanted to win TCU really came back in the fourth quarter, 20 unanswered or not, not unanswered, but 20 points in the fourth quarter that were, were huge. And yeah, it was, it was just, it was a solid game. TCU is feisty, but they're not great. Um, and yeah, it was just a backdoor over that. That really hurt me. Yeah.
1: Texas just hasn't really, except for that Alabama game looked just dominant Um, But I think that's a story you can use for a lot of the top teams in the country outside of, to be honest, probably Michigan. Um, And so I can't hold it too much against them. But, yeah, they just didn't look great. TCU hasn't been good this year at all, but it's still TCU, and it's on the road. So good win for Texas.
0: Yeah, I I will say, are we a little – are we giving a little too much credit for that Texas win at Alabama? Uh, Listen. I think Alabama, we'll get to it later, I've updated my stance on them. However, at that point in the year, they were bad. Jalen Milrow, we all can agree that Alabama is a way better team now than they were then. We can all agree that Jalen Milrow is a way better quarterback now than he was then. This team almost lost to USF after that week. Was Alabama that good back then? Like, was it that like, they were still trying to figure everything out. Like, was the Texas win actually that good? That team barely, barely beat USF the following week. Like at that point in time, was Alabama that good? Is that win that great? It looks great now, but I mean, I would argue this is a completely different Alabama team now than it was then. So, um, that's, that's just like, I think it's something to keep an eye on. Like maybe Texas isn't as great as we all think they are. Um, but or maybe that win wasn't as great,
1: but that's just my, my, my opinion. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, if they played today on a neutral field, Alabama would definitely beat them. And that's just kind of how the games are rated now. It doesn't, they don't really matter when you play them. But I would agree that Texas has, they've gone off. I don't think they're as good as they were that day. And Alabama's clearly better. So, yeah, I would agree with that, Cole.
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, Texas could be the exact same team as that day. I just think Alabama's a lot better now than they were then. I think Alabama was pretty bad then. Um, next game, Oklahoma State. They lose 3 to 45 at UCF. UCF just absolutely dominates and kills them. Um, And I mean, just what a shame. Uh, Oklahoma State was rolling. uh, And that's just, it's kind of sad, but it is what it is. I'm not 100% sure on the picture in the Big 12 uh, for second for going up to face Texas um, in in the Big 12 championship. I think it's between. We got yeah, Kansas State, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State all sitting at five and two. Um, so I don't know how the tiebreakers are currently working out, but Oklahoma State is still very much in it, and it's just a really disappointing loss for them.
1: Yep, bad pick on the A plus picks of the week, and Oklahoma also is five and two, Cole. So don't forget about that.
0: Yeah, it's just the the tiebreaker doesn't look it doesn't work well for Oklahoma as far as at least the Oklahoma State goes. Um, but yeah, moving on, uh, Texas Tech at Kansas. Um, Texas Tech is just that wild card that no one knows what they're gonna do. And uh, Bean, I, I don't remember his first name. Kansas backup quarterback who had been playing well all year uh, goes down early. It's kind of I would put an asterisk next to this loss for Kansas. I wouldn't read into it too much just because their their guy goes down early at quarterback, and uh, he'd been playing really well all year. And it's it's tough to recover from that. Um, and it, it, it's it's a shame for, for if you're Kansas, uh, you hate to see that. Um, but it, I mean, it is what it is. That's college football. You got to be able to recover and, and, and still find a way to win those games. But unfortunately, Kansas loses 16 to 13 at home against Texas Tech. Next one Oklahoma absolutely dominates West Virginia 59 20. Kansas State absolutely dominates Baylor 59 25. A lot of high scoring here. Um, Cincinnati finally gets their first Big 12 win. Uh, 24, 14 at Houston. I still think Houston's really bad. So good job, Cincinnati, but you still haven't beat a real big 12 team, uh, an original big 12 team. And then Iowa state, um, just absolutely dominates BYU. Um, and they, uh, 45, 13, and they are improved to five and two. And that's another, uh, I would say Oklahoma state esque story here, uh, in this season of, uh, amazing bounce back People were, were writing Matt Campbell off, honestly, uh, Obviously, like he should have maybe taken a coaching job early, but he's still a very good coach. It's Iowa State. It's that you're in the middle of nowhere in Ames, Iowa. There's nothing there. It's going to be hard to recruit to that school. And that's that's a school that you're going to get your teams that are good every, like, th- it's, it's going to have to come in cycles. There's going to be years you're down and bad at a school like Iowa State. So I, I, the, the hate and being here for Matt Campbell, I think, is unwarranted. Um, and I think that he has just done a good job of proving a lot of people wrong. I
1: would agree. I like Matt Campbell and he, yeah, that place is in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I know a guy that worked for the coaching staff there for the basketball team. And yeah, it's, it's hard to get kids to want to come there. Um, but apparently when they're there, it's, uh, they seem to develop and their football team is like Cole said, it's, it's a cycle based team. So I'm going to move to the sec. And the big one, Georgia just dominates Ole Miss. Uh, I, to be honest, anticipated this. I didn't pick it for the picks of the week, but um, I bet on this outside of the picks. And Georgia's just starting to click into form with these games that – their guys are getting up for. They have one more next week on the road against Tennessee. But to be honest, Tennessee looks like they don't have a pulse, so um, don't expect much from that game, in my opinion. Um, and we're we're moving on to Georgia and Alabama in the SEC championship, just like probably everybody um, anticipated coming into the year. But yeah, great game Cole, for Man, or for Georgia.
0: Yeah, we we all knew that. I mean, I think I think anyone who knows football has watched the SEC over the last five to ten years, knows that Georgia was always going to destroy Ole Miss. Like, that was just always going to be the case. Ole Miss has a very bad defense, and Carson Beck has been playing great ball. They have a lot of good weapons on that offense that has, have developed this year, and I think we always knew that it was going to be 50, like a, a score similar to this. Like, I read 52-17, and it's like, yep, that makes sense.
1: Alabama uh, goes on the road to play Kentucky, and Tommy Reese has finally learned how to use Jalen Melrose. Uh, six touchdowns. For Melrose, Milrow wouldn't have looked how he did the first five, six weeks of the year. This guy's possibly the front runner for the Heisman with the stats he's been putting up. Um, obviously, Chayden Daniels puts up crazy numbers, but he's on a three-loss team, so that's kind of what's hurting him. But big win for Alabama, and they will be playing Georgia in a really good SEC championship game, I think. Yeah, look, I,
0: I believe in teams that can develop over a season. I think that is a big part of college football is being able to just get better as the year goes on. I think this has been an amazing job by Nick Saban. Um, maybe is one of his best coaching jobs ever. You've seen very clearly that the development that Alabama has had over this year. Um, and cause I still stand by, they looked horrible at the beginning of the year, like really, really bad. Um, and they needed to drop one of those early for my dead take to be correct. Um, I do not think they are dead. I I am coming off that they 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 are just they're dominant. And Milrow is they they're getting the most out of him now. Um, they have done very well. And at this point, the facts cannot be ignored. This is a very very good football team. Um, I am not fully. I will fully admit that I was wrong depending on what happens in the Georgia Alabama game, but I'm willing to come off. They they're officially dead. But I think if Georgia just kills Alabama, then it's like, okay, like there was some truth in what I was saying. If it's like a blowout, but yeah, other than that, like Alabama has really <clears throat> proven me wrong this far. And yeah, they've been, they've been playing beautiful football and they've been developed. I, I love a team that develops over here. I think it's really fun to watch a team that is so different from where they started. And yeah, you gotta you gotta respect greatness, and you gotta respect great coaching that uh, this Alabama staff has done. So, very good job as this Alabama staff, and yep, they they proved me wrong and
1: and good for them. They, they, get an award. I appreciate you owning up to the uh, Alabama. hate. I appreciate that. My favorite, one of my favorite teams to watch this year. And then also to bet on is Missouri. Like I, this team's just fun. Um, they should not have been an underdog whatsoever based on anything that you've watched this year against Tennessee. And they blow them out at home. 36, seven. This game was never in question. Easy a plus picks of the week. Cole and I both hit on this game, which was good to see. Um, because Cole had the under in this game and that was yeah, that was an easy pick. Great win, Missouri, and Tennessee comes limping into a huge game against Georgia next week.
0: Yeah, Joe Joel just I mean, we know this, he's not good. Um, and Missouri is like you said, Eli Drinkwitz has done an absolutely amazing job at this program and developing them into what they are right now and they're tough out for everyone. I mean, they've given Georgia their toughest test this year. Uh they only lost by nine points and it was that late interception that was that really sealed the game. Um, so yeah Missouri is, is a very good team and and if, I, I hope they keep they went out here and get uh, a game uh, a New Year's Six game so yeah we'll, we'll see what happens but yeah you're right Missouri is such a fun team to re- watch and move forward and, and thank you
1: Missouri for hitting the under yeah I think they should get in the look I'm hoping for a New Year's Six Bowl but obviously we don't know LSU goes on the, they're they're just Jane Daniels 600 plus yards be honest Uh, We don't have much time to talk about Jaden Daniels' performance, but it was outstanding, and he is the only reason this football team even is above five hundred. let alone had some of the uh, wins they've had. Uh, Jaden Daniels, outstanding. Um, Next game I want to talk about, South Carolina, Van Der Can I I
0: say something about Jaden Daniels real quick, just super quick? I think he needs to win the Heisman. Um, I know the team has to win. That's a big part of it, but – His performances have been so far beyond, I think, anyone else in the country this year. Um, And I think this should be an RG3 esque Heisman year for for him. And I I, I think uh, if I had a vote right now, I, I think he should be. The Heisman winner. I think he's the best player in the country, and that's what the Heisman Award is supposed to go to, not the best winner in the country, the best player, Um, and and I think think he should be the one to win it. Yeah,
1: unfortunately, I don't even think he's going to get invited just with how the Heisman is, and it's just not my favorite. South Carolina kills Vanderbilt. Uh, I need two more wins to hit the over for South Carolina, so... To be honest, they have two games against Kentucky and Clemson at home. Who knows? I mean, they're home games, so maybe they'll win it. Auburn goes on the road, just destroys Arkansas. Auburn looked a little better of late. Um, and maybe we'll have a very competitive Iron Bowl because that usually is a great game, regardless of how the teams are. And then Texas A&M dominates 51 to 10 against Mississippi State. And then this morning they fired Jimbo Fisher, so it obviously wasn't enough. I think this was just this was already set in stone. Um, I think Cole and I will get to this uh, maybe this week, just about how crazy of a buyout that is. Um, it's a lot of money that they owe to him to never coach again. And that's going to be a very attractive job. Like you're going to see a potential for a big name hire that's at a big school right now to go there. I just think that's a very good job, Cole.
0: Oh yeah, that's uh, if anyone's upset right now, it's Michigan State um, because they're going to have second choice now just because of SEC, the money, everything that comes with Texas A and M. So um, yeah, we'll get into it more later this week and. I think uh, Texas A&M knows who they want to go after, um, and I think they were probably waiting for, one, to see the money, and two, to figure out which guy would replace him before they would go through the process of actually firing him because they obviously didn't have anything to do with the game because they killed him. So, um, yeah, I think they have a they had to wait till they had a plan together, and I think once they settled that plan, um, they were ready to let him go. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a Texas and m fan, you are absolutely rejoicing this morning. But, all right, we're going to put on our – that I'm gonna put on my Pac-12 Cole hat. We're gonna go right into it. Uh, the Conference of Champions, the most fun conference to watch this year. Um, I don't care who you are, you. It just, it just is. Like these games have been so much fun this year. Um, and I'm gonna start with. Uh, The big one yesterday, which was Utah at Washington. Washington wins 35-28. Washington passes another tough test. Um, Utah is is not a bad team at all. Washington's defense still is leaving a lot to be desired. But in the second half, they held them to a shutout. They they adjusted and they did really well. Um, And that's a huge step in the right direction for this Washington team to know that you can at least hold teams to a shutout and actually... Play good defense for stretches of the game. That bodes very, very well for them down the stretch. Michael Penix once again throws for over 300 yards. Uh, the connection between him and Odunze is is pure art. The way the ball comes off his hand so naturally and always just lands right where Odunze can go up and get it. It's it is it is art to watch, and um, Washington's so fun to watch. And if the, hopefully this defense can continue uh, this momentum um, that they had in the in the second half, and because up until the second half it was looking quite horrendous
1: yeah only 11 points in the second half that first half was a over's uh happiness and the second half was an under's happiness because that was two completely different halves but washington their last test is next week at oregon state Um, hopefully oregon state comes ready because i want an upset here because i think if they could lose and then you never know what happens and maybe they'll put in the loser of Michigan, Ohio state into the playoff. And they, I think for that to even be a possibility, you need Washington to lose in the regular season. Now scenarios galore can happen after that, but big win for Washington, crazy element game. I mean, it was really windy there, uh, 30, 40 mile an hour gusts, but Penix still was able to sling it through the air. Goal.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, there's not, not a lot of better, more fun guys to watch the ball than, than Penix. Um, and, and, Drake may, I think, I think Penix and Drake May are the guys who, if you just want to watch a ball be thrown, um, to a receiver, because I would throw Joe Milton in there if he was accurate. Um, and they're just, they're, they're just so fun to watch, um, spin, spin the pill. Uh, the next one, USC at Oregon. And this was, uh, we talked about a little bit earlier, but this was, this to me, if you're just a fan of ball, it was a fu- very fun game. Caleb Williams. When you have a guy like him at quarterback, you're gonna you have a chance to be in every game and win every game. Obviously, it wasn't likely that USC would win this game, but you're going you're always gonna have a chance. And and they fought till the end. The defense fought. Like this defense instantly looked better than Grinch than than Grinch's defense now that he's gone. And um, obviously, Oregon played with their food a little bit, but. Um, it, it, it definitely there was slight improvement in the defense, and and Caleb Williams is going to be able to keep you in every game. I think USC is really missing that big receiver, the, the bigger guy that, that Caleb can kind of throw it up to after he's uh scrambling and uh, off schedule. He, I think he's missing that big guy that he can throw it up to. Um, and this is uh, once again sort of like the Penn State game. Uh, USC scores a touchdown late, uh, to make it 27 to 36 and they go for two and that's another I just disagree with that I think you want to get it to the to the final play especially when you're the underdog I think you kick the field goal keep it within one score and just extend the game as much as possible um that's that's my opinion that's that's kind of my philosophy on that um and I think that was a, just a mistake by Lincoln Riley personally um that's that's just not what I would do in that situation but they, they fought till the very end usc covers 36 uh, 27 um yeah it was just it was a very fun game to watch
1: yeah definitely the best defensive performance i'd say all year for usc and oregon kind of let the foot off the gas i would say but uh another win for oregon and crash course in the pac-12 championship against washington
0: moving on oregon state at home destroys stanford 62 17 a lot of points and and uh dj dj yunglele has uh definitely elevated this oregon state offense and Washington has to go there uh, next week, and that's that's the final test for them before the Pac-12 championship. So um, that's that's a very important game and one that we'll definitely have our eye on next week. Um, next one. Question, did Arizona win again this week? Answer, they did. I continue to be proven right by this team, and they I, I just love them. I love these boys. Um, they've, they've made me look so good this year, um, and they're, they're just continuing. They've made themselves look good. They're, they're a very good team. They they avoided a, a scary loss on the road to Colorado. They they gave them everything that that they could ask for, and uh, they fought back. They were resilient and were able to find a way at the end of the game on a last second field goal. And uh, yeah, they just they continue to perform and and, and just, they can win in a lot of different ways. They could win on a low scoring game and a high scoring game. And who would have thought we'd have Arizona five and two in the Pac twelve uh, and seven and three overall uh, in a year where the Pac twelve is. Better than it's ever been. Um, this isn't just like it's a bad Pac-12, so Arizona's winning, beating bad teams. They've, uh, it's been very, very cool to watch um, for them, and they're just, they're just a fun team. Yeah, good win, Arizona. Washington State, California, Cal wins 42-39 in a game that absolutely no one cared about. Uh, Arizona State uh, beats UCLA 17-7. Uh, Kenny Dillingham, I just think what the job he has done this year with the bowl ban, with uh, riddled with injuries, literally putting a, a flyer out on campus, say, anyone, if you're this weight, come try out for our team. We need bodies right now. Um, the fact that he's able to beat, like, it's a, it's a solid enough UCLA team on the road. Uh, it's just, it's great coaching job by Kay Dillingham. I think Arizona State has to be over the moon with the development that uh, they've seen over this year. And yeah, so the, the Pac-12 outlook, it's, it's Washington, Oregon on a collision course. Um... And it's like I, that's what I hope it is. I hope that game is a as pe- a, a playoff game. I hope the winner of that game gets into the playoffs. I think that's that's obviously a game I'm gonna be at in Iowa. And I think it's gonna be so much fun. However, Oregon has to continue to win because you still have Arizona at five and two knocking on the door. Uh, Oregon State five and two knocking on the door, but obviously Oregon uh, has some wins over them. So we'll, we'll see kind of what can happen here. Um, a lot of tiebreakers have to sort themselves out, but. Yeah, I mean that that Oregon State Oregon game at the end of the year that that could be, um, that that could be for the to see who goes to the Pac-12 championship depending on what Oregon State is able to do against Washington. So, um, yeah, it's it's it's, it's this is probably I think the most fun race, um, in the country, uh, is and uh, for the for the Pac-12 championship, uh, most fun conference race is in the Pac-12. Um, However, obviously the the Michigan Ohio State race it will always be fun.
1: Yeah, Oregon State can play spoiler. They play Washington and uh, Oregon in their final two games, so it's going to run through Corvallis. If they can uh, if they can pull some upsets, who knows? So Cole, we have some really big college hoops games that I just wanted to touch base on. The Big Ten plays the Big East this week. It's called the Gavitt Tip Off Games. It's kind of that interconference. Uh, challenge where it's Big Ten versus Big East. And we have some really big games. We also have the Champions Classic, which is obviously a huge night of basketball. And then the fun thing is getting into next week a little bit, and we're not going to talk today about that. But next week, we have really good games because we have uh, a lot of our preseason tournaments in a way starting. You have the Maui, you have the Battle for Atlantis. I mean, the list goes on and on with all the good tournaments. So this week, we're going to start off really quick. Um, I just want to touch base on Michigan because Michigan has looked really good. I think they are going to be a lot better than people anticipated. And they play at Madison Square Garden tomorrow against St. John's. It's a huge game. It's kind of a good measuring stick for both programs, really, Uh, especially obviously for Cole, for Michigan, um, being that they're playing St. John's now at the Garden. And I think it'll be a really good game, Cole. We don't have a line yet, but... This is going to be a fun
0: game. Yeah, we're playing uh, Rick Pitino. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of bad blood between Michigan and Rick Pitino after that national championship in 2013. So maybe a little revenge game here. Who, who knows? But uh, Namar Burnett, uh, Doug McDaniel, uh, Olivier uh, Kamwa is his name. Um, I, I finally got that down. Olivier and Kamwa. Um, they, they've they been really, really good for us uh, t- um Uh, Why why can't I think uh, what's what's our other big guy's name that I love?
1: Terrace Reed.
0: Terrace Reed. I I went blank for a second. Terrace Reed uh, has been an elite defender for us so far this year. He's he's been everything Hunter Dickinson wasn't uh, honestly. So uh, this is this has been a very enjoyable Michigan team to watch, which which they haven't been in the the past here, Um, especially with the way they were run with Jet and, and Hunter last year. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm fully loving this And honestly, I think this is the second best time Of college basketball uh, of the year Obviously second to March Which almost everything is second to March um, That starting, I would say This week, starting uh, If you're listening to this on Monday, starting today Starting Monday, we have you know, the, the Gavett Games Tip-off, and then you have the, uh, the, the Champions Classic With all those amazing games on Tuesday uh, so, um, And that like, it's, it's leading into Thanksgiving With all the Battle for Atlantis uh, all those those fun tournaments and it's it's so it's, it's the most fun time of year year you're, you're going to Thanksgiving you're watching those games and I think this is the most fun time of college basketball with the besides March and I think I, I'm so excited to watch
1: totally agree and I want to touch base on these two real quick and then we're gonna we'll get you guys out here today but Michigan State Duke uh, that's the first game Tuesday night in the Champions Classic Right now, it's two against four. By the time this game comes out, they will not be two and four, Um, but they should both be top 15. I don't see Michigan State dropping out of the top 15. I know, obviously, they lost to James Madison, but I just don't see it. Uh, Duke comes off a loss at home to Arizona. Uh, These are both teams that have – they're very similar in a way. They have a lot of veterans that return. Now, Duke's veterans are a little younger. I'm talking – Kyle Filipkowski, Tyrese Proctor, those guys. Now, Jeremy Roach has been there four years. um, And then they have a really good freshman class. What does that sound like? That sounds like Michigan State. Really good veterans and then a really good freshman class. And it's just taking time for them to gel. Michigan State's returns from the game I went to Thursday, a lot better. They were up 31, kind of played with some weird lineups and not too concerned about that. Um, But that game is going to be great. Uh, I'm Duke will be favored. is my prediction. They'll probably be a four or five point favorite if I had to guess. And then Kentucky, Kansas, right after. Kentucky had a little scare last week. Um, just it was a game against. Oh, it was. There's so many Corpus Christi schools. That's who they they played. One of them. Uh, Texas saying I'm Corpus Christi. Yeah. So, uh, tough They're day-
0: they're sneaky, I will say. I am the spokesperson for small-time college basketball. Honestly, I I really dive into it for gambling purposes and I'm I'm I do very well with them. Texas saying I'm Corpus Christi is, is a sneaky good team. Uh if you see them playing, obviously there's the, there's rules to this, but t- uh tend to bet on them um because they they are typically an undervalued team and they and they're they're sneaky, very very good. Um so I don't I don't fault kentucky that much for that just because obviously not a lot of people are going to know about Texan and corpus christi but they're a sneaky uh good program
1: yeah kentucky's missing a lot of guys they have a few guys uh battling injuries and then i think one is still ineligible um and so this game is i mean kansas has the continuity of a team that's number one and just because they have a bunch of guys that have played the big games obviously dickinson is new to that team but I anticipate two great games, Cole, Tuesday night, like it always is. Very, very rarely do we get two blowouts in these games. Um, I mean, I I think this event's been going on for 10 years now, and very rarely are they two bad games. So uh, enjoy, because they are going to be really good games. And then State plays Butler Friday night. Talk about that maybe a little bit on our Wednesday episode. But big game for Michigan, Monday night against St. John's. It'll be fun. And then big champions classic.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tuesday is going to be an amazing day of college basketball. Obviously the two you mentioned Duke, Michigan state um, very good game. Uh, and this will, we'll, we'll learn a lot about the teams, but obviously it's a long season and things change, but it'll be, we'll, we'll really see where these teams are after two early losses. And then the opposite with Kansas, Kentucky, we'll see where they're after two, two, uh, two good starts of the year, as far as winning their games and uh, can Kentucky, Maybe sneak up on some, some teams. Maybe they're better than the people predicted. They obviously always have a chance to be better than people think um, just with that roster um, and with, with that with that Blue Blood program. But two games that are going to be really good, obviously uh, Marquette at Illinois. Uh, that'll be a big game. I think Illinois, personally, I think they're going to win this game, although they did have a scare uh, recently against Oakland. But Oakland's a sneaky good team. They really are. They always give teams a lot of, a lot of trouble um and who knows about marquette um really so i think that's a very important game to watch and it's going to be a fun one and another sneaky game that'll be really fun to watch um it does kind of overlap with the champions classic and everything but iowa at creighton that's going to be a really fun game as well creighton's uh, has a lot of returning talent and they're really good uh and iowa always can be good or bad you never know with them so uh I think I think this will be this is a very good day. Tuesday is going to be a very good day of some college basketball, and you'll learn a lot about just the state of college basketball this season.
1: Totally agree. Take the over in Iowa Creighton, and thank me later. That's all I'll say. Both those teams are not the best defensively, so this will wrap up our week. 11 recap episode of college football and a little sneak peek of what this upcoming week entails in college basketball Uh, we're recording this Sunday afternoon Lions got a big game today so for those of you in the state of Michigan go Lions and we will see you next week on a degree in sports